What is up, everybody? And we are live for the 154th Data on Kubernetes Communities Doc Talks. As usual, my name is Bart Farrell, the host with the most, and I am very excited to be with you today in our brand new DOK cave. So very stoked to be here, like I said, for our 154th live stream. Very much looking forward to getting started with our speaker. Before we do so, though, just have a couple of announcements. Want to let everybody know that, as usual, many things are happening in our community. And if we talk about the development of stateful sets we're talking about today, we actually had a session very recently with Michael Guarino, the CTO of Plural.sh. Highly recommend to go and check that out, in which he talks about where stateful sets are at, stateful sets are at right now. Right, so we're going to get some backstory from today's speaker, uh, Srinivas, an amazing speaker. Lots of folks signed up for this. Very excited to get into the details of the session. Um, but with that in mind, I'd like him to turn his camera on and so that we can start hearing from him. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Bart. Hello, Bart. Hello, Devoker community. How are you all doing? Doing good. Very, very happy to be here today. Um, so with that in mind, if you want to uh, start sharing your screen, let us know what's going on. And I would be happy to, to pass any questions on that we get. Yeah. Go for it. Let me, let me quickly share my screen. Yeah. I hope my screen is all visible now. Yep, looks great. Yeah. Thank you, Boyd. I thank you, Diva Kamali, for having me over here. And today we are going to talk about state physics. What are those, why we need those? We already have deployments, but why we need stateful sales and how we are going to deploy that by using a quick demo. This is the agenda for today. Like first we discuss about what basics first, states and stateless applications are. Then we'll move on to what deployments and what are the issues that caused by deployments. And then later on, what are stateful and how stateful sales actually fixes the issues that can arise from deployments. And then later we on go for a quick demo. Sorry. Firstly, let me clarify the term state. What the, the term state actually means? The term state actually means something which is having the session storage or something like which actually impacts the present transaction of an application. So as the name itself says stateful and stateless, it is self-explanatory. Stateful set, stateful set applications are basically the application which keep tracks of sessions or transactions that happen. And the present action will be based on the previous session history and all. Stateless is just like another query from Nemo. It doesn't keep any memory of the previous session. Before getting into what are the problems that we get from deployments and for ex any example of stateful and stateless applications, I want to take note of two important things. Even though stateless application doesn't store any kind of state, it still has some state of some storage data in the client-side applications. The primary difference between stateful and stateless applications comes where the session data is stored. In stateful applications, the session, the session storage is mostly stored in the server-side server side servers and server-side databases. In stateful applications, it is mostly client-side. Yeah. To get deep dive into more about stateful and stateless applications, let's consider real-time scenario where will be taking an example of a user making a transaction in a banking application. So developers developed this application both in stateful application scenario and stateless application scenario. So what happens in stateful? Let's say I'm the user, I want to make a transaction of some thousand dollars to some other user. What I typically do, I go to my application, I go to 
I enter my credentials and as soon as the credentials authenticates from the application server. After the login success, this is the important step over here. Here is where the session details are stored in the server. Let's say I entered some credentials like Srinivas, username is Srinivas and password is DVOK is awesome and it is success. What happens? We will be prompted with a login screen. Once we get a login screen, what we do? We need to make a something transaction. So we entered the amount of money that we want to transfer. So in order to application has to perform authentication, it needs to be have some change stories that we previously stored, right? It doesn't just do random transaction without any authentication details and all. For this operation to be performed, we need to have session details stored in our previous server. So once it gets it forms with unconfirmed transition, it also needs some session details like authentication tokens. Is this the really person? Is, is the account owner or something? So once we confirm the transaction, it will all the transaction is completed. So stateful applications is mostly helpful when we need a session details for next operation to be performed. So consider the same application design in a stateless architecture. What happens in stateless architectures? Stateless architecture basically doesn't store any session storage or state of the application, what it causes. So let's say the our same banking application created in a stateless architecture. The user enters his credentials. Okay, I entered credentials as Sinuas and password as DOK is awesome. What happens next? So our server actually processes the request and authenticates and sends a token to a token back to our authentication server. It is success. But when we go to the next screen, next screen, what happens? The next screen, the user checks, I mean the application checks if this real is the real person of the account is is he the owner of the application or is, is he the owner of the account? It checks, but it might be or might not be happening in the same server. If it, if by any chance is not, this is not happening in the same server as authentication server, it fails because like we don't have any authentication token or anything like that. And if it is fails, it will still prompt a login screen. What happens? The user enters again and it fails in the next step as well because like we don't have any session session data or authentication tokens happen. What happens then? Account locks. So here's very stateful applications and status applications. Yeah, and one more important point about these, this architecture is just simplified for the purpose of demo. And it is not to be compared with the real time scenario. It happens somewhat complicated in the end time. I hope this clarifies what stateful and status applications were. Then okay. We have we have already deployment object in Kubernetes for managing applications, right? We have deployments to create replicas and pods to specify number of pods, number of pods need to be run at any particular time. But and deployments also supports persistent volume, data storages, storage classes, and everything. But what are the problems that we have from deployments? Sorry. So whenever you create an application or whenever you deploy application using deployments, it will create pods and replicas sets. There are no basics. What the problems? These four are the real problems that arise from deployments. Whenever you create an application using deployments, the pod that are created from deployment like has some random hash attached to it, which means like it can be varied from anything. It is not persistent, it can be constant, it is something random it is not to be used for real database connection 
So in order to in order to in order for the stateful application to work in real time, it needs to be have some sticky sticky connection so that it can perform the data process data actions. And also like whenever you have application, whenever you have pods that are 10 and we perform delete, delete action of those pods, it can be deleted. And even though we all know pods are FM containers are ephemeral, they are they die and recreates and this process goes on. So whenever a pod dies in deployments, it is not guaranteed that the recreated pod has the same name as the previous one. And this is the point where most highlighted point over here. This is each pod, every pod in the deployment shares the same P. So by any chance, if any failure in the database happens, like it will impact the downtime in our application. And ungraceful termination is another big drawback of deployments, which is basically when it's called scaled down application from 10 to two, from 10 pods to two pods, it will basically delete all the remaining eight pods at a random manner and without any graceful termination. So in order to overcome all these drawbacks that we have from deployments, we have something called stateful sets, which I think is a very good option for running stateful applications in Kubernetes. What are stateful sets? Stateful sets is basically the workload API object that is used to manage stateful applications. So the biggest difference from, from here, like whenever you create an application, whenever you deploy pods using stateful sets, it will create. It will. It will guarantee the ordering and uniqueness of these pods. It will create. It will create the pod names with, which is persistent and it has sticky added to it. The DNS name that of the pods created by stateful sets is persistent throughout the entire application lifecycle. And the beautiful point of stateful sets comes. Stateful set creates pods one by one. Say we have five pods to be up. Five pods, to be, five pods to be deployed using stateful sets. What happens is like the second pod will only be created only when first pod is up and running. The same happens when you delete the pod. So we have five pods in our stateful set. We want to delete, we want to scale down the application from five pods to three pods. What happens is like stateful sets ensures that the last pod, like something fifth pod deleted first and fourth pod deleted next and third pod deleted, third pod deleted next. And it will basically helps us to have graceful termination of the pods and all. And every pod that is created in stateful sets at separate PV. Like it will say we have 10 pods, 10 pods created using stateful sets, which all has the same persistent volume throughout the entire cycle. Even let's say you created you created in five pods and we have five PVCs attached to it, it will let's say we deleted the deleted the scale down the pods from five to three. It won't delete the persistent volume attached to it. Uh, by any chance, if any in the future you want to scale from application from three to five, we will ensure that connection remains the same. It has the same data all throughout the entire life cycle. Let's have a quick demo. In this demo, we'll see about what how to deploy, how to deploy stateful set, what how the problems that arise from deployments. We'll create a namespace for our deployment so that so that we can see all the deployments in one namespace and 
switch to context. Let's supply our fusion manifest, deployment manifest. So you can see we are creating a Redis cluster. Redis, Redis, we are using Redis cluster for with two replicas to be happen. And we have something called volume points where we'll be using the volumes and also have persistent volume. We are using config map for getting data for the configuration of Redis cluster and we're also using a persistent volume for storing the data of the Redis cluster. So it's applying, should CTL applying. As we are using our config maps as a configuration data, configuration volumes in our application, like let's we need to create a config map as well. You know, have all of the department our application now. So let's get cubes, get pods. So as you can see, we, we created two replicas of the Redis cluster. Redis image, it created, uh, as you can observe, the name of the pod is something random over here, like it is followed by Redis, the deployment name, and is followed by random hash character, which is not that much effective to use in the real-time stateful application. So that, because stateful application needs something reliable connection to for the service discovery and data to be stored. As you see, we also have claim which is even though we have two pods like it still has one pod one pvc actually we can check which pod has which persistent volume by using this command we are just basically json getting json format of all cat pods and we are just json querying the required values as you can see in our deployment demo namespace we have two pods which has which is sharing the same pvc As I previously mentioned, like we have three problems arise from the deployment. Let's say these because first one is like it has random hash name attached to it so that it can't provide a proper DNS name for us. And then things like all the deployment, all the all the ports in the deployment share the same PVC, which might which might cause some disturbances. Let's say in future the PVC is deleted or another service deleted something. Our, our application may face the receiver don't type. Let's scale it up. Let's scale to five. It just creates all the time, all the ports are at a single time. It doesn't provide any graceful termination or graceful scaling up. And though let's we want to create, we want to delete the ports. It will just delete all the ports at a single time. Although terminating in the at the same time, which might cause severe downtime in your applications. Considering all these things, considering all these three. Issues that we have with deployments, we will move forward. We will move with. We'll go with stateful sets. 
this is the manifest of the stateful center where we're going to deploy now. We're creating a Redis cluster, which is same as the ETL we created in our deployment manifest. We're currently using like two replicas. And yeah, but default, like by default, stateful sets needs an headless services so that it can provide a network identity for the report created in stateful set. This has to be done manually. It won't create any. It by default it doesn't create any network identity for the pods. So we need to create an headless service for that. And volume claim templates are just similar, like similar to PVC that we have in deployments. But here the volume claim template creates each PVC separate PVC for every pod associated with that's apply. And we also need to apply config map as well. See the name in the the names of the pods that were created using stateful sets has some thing that can we rely on. It has some position there, even though it, the second pod only be created after the first pod is up and running. And this this name is formed like just like just like we have name in convention deployments. It is stateful sets followed by some ordinal number. So it varies from zero to zero, zero to n, based on the number of pods you have. Let's scale our application. See, the third port is created only when second port is up and running, and fourth port will be created only third and up and running. It just goes one by one. And I Similar fashion, we see what, and we also discuss the each pod has each each pod has separate PVC in stateful sets. In stateful set demo namespace, we have six six pods which share which has six separate PVCs associated with it. And let's scale down our application. As per the really like it should still remain the it should still have the PVC is associated with scale. See here, termination operation also performs one by one, starting from the highest highest ordinal number to the lowest ordinal number. So it means like when the fourth pod only be deleted when fifth pod is already deleted. If there is any fifth pod, first it starts from the highest ordinal number and it just goes on to lower or lowest ordinal number. And let's check the PVC associated with it. See, we don't have in we don't have it much pods running, but we still it still remains. It will still retains the PVC associated with it, so that if any, let's say we scale again.
but stateful applications by default the databases that we use in stateful application by default needs clustering has to be enabled which is not by default done by kubernetes we need we need application developers need to be aware of what application what clustering in databases and we need basically the clustering means the replication of data in all the pvcs that we have so let's say the user topics comes to pod one and the data data is stored in first first pods pvc and the second operation from the same user gets to pod two what happens then like we need to duplicate the same session storage in the second pvc as well so in order to do have that clustering feature the application developer has to be aware of what clustering features and we need to enable it manually kubernetes by default doesn't do that so let's check After the scaling of applications from two to six, the previous connections are still working. Yeah. So we had three issues with the deployments. Like first one is there is no sticky guarantee of ports, which is solved by Kubernetes by using which is which is solved by stateful sets by using this ordinal number feature, which can be trustable and which is which is access the persistent identity and sticky identity for ports. And each port has separate identity. Let's say even if database crashes, if one database crashes, it does another PB has the same data so that it can run the operations as well. And graceful terminations and graceful graceful scale and down is also done stateful sets. Yeah, that pretty much about what stateful sets are and how you can configure them and how you can upon running a stateful application using Kubernetes. Cool. I think we can all agree that that was extremely impressive. I have a few different questions. Oh, sorry about we lost you. Don't don't run away. Uh, we're not. We're just getting to the good part. Seriously. Uh, well, before we get to questions, that was absolutely amazing. Very, very well explained from beginning to end and very beginner friendly, which we really appreciate that because let's face it, some of these concepts, when we start talking about PVCs, when we start talking about, you know, the difference between state, stateful and stateless apps, stateful and stateless architecture, these things can get very, very tricky for people quite quickly, which oftentimes will make them say, you know what, this just isn't, it just, just isn't for me. My question for you is, how did you learn everything that you just explained to us? Yeah, mostly I learned from Kubernetes docs and Tancher documentation has very good resource about what stateful sets are and, and how can up and running is Kubernetes cluster using stateful sets. Okay. Mostly from Kubernetes docs. All right, so just going directly to the docs. Everybody, I guess, learns it in different ways. And then obviously you put it into practice with that wonderful demo that you just shared with us. Just to get to know a little bit more about you is that this curiosity in general regarding Kubernetes, cloud native infrastructure, can you tell us a little bit more about your background as a person, as a developer, as a cloud engineer? How did you get started on this? How old are you, by the way? I'm 23. I'm 23. Believe it or not, folks, once upon a time, I was 23, but that was almost 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a great it's a great time to be like, I'm just saying, 
it's very, very impressive the amount of knowledge that you've acquired. One thing is to learn it, but how you're able to explain it. So could you just tell us more about yourself, about, about how you got started in this whole area? Yeah. I'm, I'm a DevOps associate at profession. I work at TCS as a DevOps associate, Yeah, where I mostly deal with creating pipelines and releasing pipelines and all. And mm -hmm. my role responsibility also requires me to work with container services and AKS, yep. Kubernetes services. Yeah, that's where I learned that I heard the term about Kubernetes and I went down straight to Google and I did what Kubernetes is and I found very good tutorials and video tutorials from any of the community folks. Very good. Yeah, that's where I get got my interest about Kubernetes and cloud native in general. Cool. Yeah, that in mind, I'm oh, sorry, no, but I just, just started to interrupt. We have a question here from uh, on YouTube from a very experienced, I will add, uh, engineer who we have a pre-recorded session will be coming out this week. He works at NetApp and his name is Eve and he is a fantastic person. So Eve's question is by default, if you delete the STS, the PVC remains, right? Yeah, okay. yeah by default, by default it will remain. Okay, good. Then he's uh, he makes a point here is that I believe that the CNCF, SIG storage and SIG app is working on an option to also automatically delete the PVC plan for Kubernetes 1.26. Are you aware of that? Or is it something you've heard about? No, I'm not part of that SIG groups, but it would be good if you have like automatically deleting PVC, like because deleting the PVC after stateful set deleted is somewhat manual, so manual task to do. So it would be good if you have. If it could be automated. All right, yeah. Automated, yeah. Now going back to Eve, thank you for the question. He also really liked your presentation. Um, so going, going back to, to your experience, so you got involved, very much self-taught, we can say, um, get into the documents, looking at tutorials. What are, th what are the things that have been the most challenging for you? Like I said, as a community, we always want to know about what are things, what's, okay, so you've consumed a lot of tutorials and documents, but what are the things that you haven't seen of areas that you would like to go deeper on? Mm -hmm. I think mostly like, I prefer hands-on demos mostly. Okay. So Considering stateful application and data on Kubernetes, like we have this handful of applications. So like creating somewhat tricky stateful applications and running stateful applications on Kubernetes is somewhat tricky. So that's why we like some less number of tutorials compared to what we have from for deployments or application running using deployments. Gotcha. So we might right. need to have more talk about data on Kubernetes. That's why we exist as a community yeah. in case you're wondering. <laughs> But you're absolutely right. And that's and that's the thing is that sometimes we feel like, oh, we've created a lot of content, but there's still so much more that's out there that we need to get to. Um, so anyway, so your, your suggestions and, and, and ideas are very welcome here. Um, good. That being said, you know, we did talk in the very beginning before we get started. You're looking to find the right position for you professionally. For all the folks out there who might be hiring, and I'm looking at you, Eve, and I'm looking at other people that are in the audience. Because a lot of these people need folks such as, such as yourself that are proactive learners that are out there getting the information. You're doing this in your free time. What kind of an organization would you be most interested in working? Like what, what sounds the most appealing based on your skills, based on the interest that you're developing? What would be the most stimulating kind of a company or technologies that you're most excited about working with? Mostly it should be like community focused, developer focused. It should first priority to the developers and community. And it should be like more the growing, growing together. What I believe is growing together is the best approach for a company or organization to grow further. Yeah, and should be like more community focused. 
that's where I want to be. All right. So you heard it from straight, straight from the source. Community-focused companies, if you're out there, if you're looking for a solid engineer who is really passionate, willing to take the time to learn complex subjects, and on top of it, shares them very well with, uh, with his peers. I think that's a fantastic uh, way of putting yourself out there. Um, as usual, uh, in, our, in our community, we do something that we do a little bit differently is while you're talking, we have an amazing, let's see if you can, if, can you see my screen? Yeah, I can see your screen. Very good. So if you can, then, and, and all the folks at home as well, you can see the amazing artwork that our artist um, Angel created while you were talking. Um, so a depiction, an artistic depiction of the different components that were featured in your presentation. Mm -hmm. We've done 154 of these. Not many have been as concrete and as easy to follow as yours. So I congratulate you on that. Um, it was super logical, very smooth, very nice slides, I'll say as well too. And then finishing with the demo of bringing it to life and seeing it uh, being put into practice. I'm telling you that this will not be the only time you're featured in our community because I really like how you set that up, got straight to the point. And this is obviously vendor neutral because you're not affiliating with one particular, you know, brand or flavor. So I really, really appreciate that. You mentioned in the beginning, if people want to get in touch with you, um, or sorry, you mentioned towards the end, but if you'd like, if you want to just let us know where we can, where folks can find you, if they want to get in touch, what's the best way? Yeah. Best way to find me is on Twitter and LinkedIn. It is Konati. Relatively straightforward. All right. Well, you had that, you had that in your last slide as well too. So like I said, if people yeah. want to check that out, they can do so. Um, I really enjoyed this and you can expect to be hearing from us um, actually very, very soon, probably this week. <laughs> so don't go anywhere. Uh, but anyway, thanks everyone for joining us today. We'll have some, uh, we'll have some other content coming out this week. We have a really, really good breakdown of different reports um, from Eve, the wonderful audience member who we had asking questions today. Um, so you can expect that to come out later this week, pre-recorded content. And as always, folks, if you have not, for whatever reason, checked out the data on Kubernetes research report, please do so. I will drop the link here in the chat. Um, if folks haven't seen that, I know you have already. Um, but we're always looking to get feedback uh, about the interesting points that you're finding there, the things that you're finding useful, and as well, the questions that still remain unanswered, right? So these are things we want to be looking at too. Um, Srinivas, thank you very much for your time today. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Dwokin. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.